We say good morning to our guy, RJ. What's hey, up, what's RJ? Up? What's happening, broski? It's Daniel Richard Bowie. Oh, Boo Bowie's real name's not Boo? No, it's Daniel. Daniel? We're going to go Boo with Boo. Boo Bowie's way cooler than Boo Daniel. Boo Bowie. And I finally remembered how to spell the Wisconsin product, Dwayne Dwayne. Thanks to RJ. Yeah. I was, tr- I was trying every I, way, I way possible. I too. I was trying every which way possible. D-U-A-N-Y, right? Yeah. Dwayne Dwayne. That's the name right there. I tell you, almost as good as Bull Bull. <laughs> better. Come on. Be- yeah, sorry. Better, better, better. Dwayne, Dwayne. All right. So last night, uh, Wisconsin gets that nice little victory. RJ, um, how about our guy Tyler Wall? Career high 14 points. Uh, second game starting now. It's nice to, you know, c- you know, competition breeds, competition breeds excellence. And we see Tyler Wall really stepping his game up. He was a guy that I never thought was uh, had much of a shot, like good on defense. But here you are, and you see him, you know, making some threes. Was he two or three? Career high, 14 points. Defense tenacious. He's on the boards as well, dishing out some assists. Nice to see. I mean, you get playing time. Stuff's going to start clicking. Unless you're Nate Reavers. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, so he does sorry look, Nate. Tyler Wall does look so much more confident when he's shooting the basketball, especially from farther away. Big time. Right. It's from where he was last year. and it, nope. it still looks a little wonky, but it's getting better. Yes, you know who he's starting to kind of remind me of for a former Badger? John Luer. No, he's starting to remind me of one of the guys <laughs> on the <laughs> on the coaching staff, Joe Krabinoff. He's that guy that's a little he's a little undersized, but he's gritty. He's gonna play tough defense, and the shots coming along. Yeah, and yeah. maybe that makes a little bit of sense because I'm sure Joe Krabinoff is probably working with them every day in practice. Oh, totally. Probably. Here, I'd say that's the safe assessment. Yeah, I hope so. He's one of the, he's the coach. obviously Krabinoff a little little bit thicker back in his day than what Tyler Wall is, but he's putting on weight. The shots developing, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, a gritty yeah. guy that's going to play tough inside and defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at how he he's got, a nice player for Wisconsin basketball. Look at how he got in the paint yesterday, and now I know he missed one of the layups, but he was right there. Multiple yeah. times and, and looked pretty solid in the paint, too. Here is comments from head coach Greg Gar talking about the confidence that Wall has. His confidence is growing. You know, he's working at it. He spent a lot of time in the gym working on his perimeter game. But I think what you're seeing is the evolution of a player that got some experience as a freshman, used it in the offseason, albeit it was a totally different offseason for everybody. But he's he used that to build in the offseason. And now you see as he's working his way through this year that, you know, he's playing much more confidently. Uh, speaking of confidence, you saw the progression of, uh, I think we can go back. I can pinpoint the moment, I think, when Tyler Wall was uh, started feeling himself. You go to that double overtime against the Indiana Hoosiers, and Tyler Wall gets the ball at the three-point line, poof, pegs it. And then the next possession, same spot almost on the three-ball line, poof, pegs it. Back-to-back three-pointers for a guy you're like, I did not expect that from him. And I think that's the moment where the confidence started to just burst out of Tyler Wall. In fact, here is guard talking about that. Constantly in the gym, working on it and worked on it in the offseason, but you're not seeing the fruits of your labor be rewarded. Hence, you're not producing with what you've worked on in games. That can be discouraging. So that's why I felt it was really important for Tyler to have that moment for him at Indiana or against Indiana was big. And now hopefully he can continue to build upon that and grow his confidence as his game grows. Yeah, it's looking good, man. What didn't look good, though, boys, in the first half anyways, the defense for the Wisconsin Badgers, as Northwestern scored 34 points in the first 20 minutes, and then the Badgers in the second half, their defense came around, only holding Northwestern to 18. Yeah, that was a game of runs last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Especially for the Wisconsin Badgers. I feel like 
right away they kind of jumped on Northwestern. Then all of a sudden Northwestern went on a run. Yep. Got the game to be more competitive. Then in the second half, Wisconsin went on a couple, what, 10-0 runs themselves, and that was when they distanced uh, distanced themselves from North- Northwestern and kind of rolled to an easy victory. Yeah. yeah. In the first half, Northwestern with their 34 points in 20 minutes, the Wildcats were 6 of 7 on layups or dunks, and that helped them shoot 51.7% from the field. Then in the second half, that's when the Badgers clamped down. Here's more from Greg Gard. Well, I thought we did a better job of stopping the ball and not letting it get in the paint. I thought the first half we were didn't execute well enough in some of the ball screen situations. Uh, second half, we were better. We talked about some of those things in the half. And the second 20, I thought we were we were more aggressive in the in the ball screens and eliminated some of that dribble penetration. And then, as Rowdy was talking about, a game of runs, right? You know, And then the second half, the Badgers distanced themselves. Here's Gardo on uh, what jump-started their offense in the second half. We were two jump-shot happy. We got two three happy. But I think we got some things corrected and redirected in the right direction of attacking the basket. Trevor got there a couple times. Uh, Tyler got in there as well. So we were able to to get the ball deeper in the paint and get it into more high percentage areas, which helped get us going a little bit offensively. Looking good, man. Badgers looking good. Two in a row. It's not a win streak yet. Three is a win streak. They got Ohio State Saturday, RJ. Rowdy, the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes at the Kohl Center. Badgers seem to always play well against the Buckeyes, especially the last decade. Yeah. Yeah, it has seemed that. Even, yeah, even when... Even uh, when Ohio, Ohio State's, State's ranked. Was, yeah. Well, the Badgers were... That they faced twice as one and two opposite of each other. Well, wasn't it uh, wasn't year. it last season when the Badgers were kind of on their uh, downslope? It wasn't too long after they lost to Richmond. It wasn't too long after they lost to New Mexico. Yeah. And yep. then mm-hmm. Ohio State, if I remember correctly, was one of the first couple teams they played when they started Big Ten season early, and then they finished their non-conference schedule and then went back to Big Ten. I believe it was one of those first couple games. They played a ranked Ohio State team as a team that was struggling, and they went in and got a big win. I believe that was in Columbus. Yeah, I think you're right, Rowdy. I think you are right. Um, and then there's this before we hit breaking it to the Razor's Edge, do a little sports gambling. Wisconsin, if you were watching the game, you noticed that they were wearing their alternate uniforms again. They're undefeated in them. Undefeated in those alternate uniforms. And afterwards, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are, maybe have forgotten this name, but Gardo was telling reporters after the game that freshman guard Lauren Bowman who's been away from the team since, uh, what, October, has re-enrolled. And he's taking classes virtually this semester, but he did not have a timeline on when he could possibly rejoin the team. But he's back taking classes in school. That's hey, that's, that's, that's a good thing. Right? That is that's a great thing. That's a positive thing. sign. You got, the guy, you got a guy back into school. Yep. He's got, I'm sure he's going to uh, be working his way back to the program. Yep. Mm-hmm. In fact, here's Gardo on that. Yeah, I don't know when in terms of when he'll be back. That's really not in my, it's more in the medical hands of that type of decision. He is re-enrolled, I believe, in school, walk back into a little bit of things academically, virtually, and do it from his home in Detroit. Interesting. Yeah. Because I don't know much about what, I don't know the reasons. I don't think anyone really thought does. thought it was a family situation. And, and he was talking about there's a medical. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's one more from Gardo on, um, you know, it's a good step as, Nelly was just saying it's a good step in the right direction. We'll just continue to help him, help the family work through, you know, his situation. And, you know, whenever that time comes when it's appropriate for him to come back, I don't know when. I don't have a a date, a time. Uh, The main thing is to walk this forward at what is best for Lauren and his family. So I think jumping back into school, you know, that's a step in the right direction. But again, that's just that's just one small step. Interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think anyone really I, knows. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever find, really find out what. You just hope he's all right and his yeah. family's all right and he does well in school and he's back on the team. Yeah, and, and him, at least he is back in school. Him joining the plus. team and, and getting back into school can only make the Badgers better. Yep. I got a crazy story for you guys uh, coming from college basketball. Football. Yeah, I'm, excuse me, football. And if you hear this. Do, 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 do. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This is great publicity for McDonald's, by the way. Is it? No, absolutely not. Well, maybe it is for McDonald's, <laughs> but it's really not for Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> so check this out real quick. Um, at the University of Tennessee, I love this first statement, a Big Mac apparently came with a big stack. <laughs> That'll do it. Because, according to the Dan Patrick Show earlier this week, one of his sources says that assistant coaches with the Tennessee Volunteers football team, if you were a recruit and you were taking a visit, you would be handed a McDonald's bag. And in that McDonald's bag, it, you know, it wouldn't be like a Big Mac. It wouldn't be what I like to order is the the McDouble Ad Mac sauce. Also a McChicken with extra pickles and extra mayonnaise. There's not a large fry in it. There's not a McRib because the McRibs are back. What was in that McDonald's bag, and I think these recruits were, I think they were loving it. In the McDonald's bag when you had a recruiting visit to Tennessee, it was a bag full of money. Green, cold, hard cash. So how about that? You're a recruit and you come in and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, here you go. You want a McDonald's bag? Sure, coach. I, didn't, I wasn't really that hungry, but yeah, I'll check it out. And, and it's just stacks of money. I don't think you're far off, though, when you said college basketball by accident, because this might have <laughs> actually been passed down from the Tennessee basketball program years be. earlier under Bruce Pearl. Now, do you think it was passed down, Rowdy, or do you think it was passed underneath the table? That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. This made it seem like it was right out in the open. Okay, so it said right here, um, uh, assistant coaches with the Volunteers football team would put money into McDonald's bags and then handed them to recruits during visits. Quotes, you literally had bag men. They put the cash in McDonald's bags and handed it to the recruits. My source said that they were so in your face with this, they weren't even trying to hide it. And that's what the source said. Quote, Tennessee got sloppy. Georgia has gotten sloppy. Real extra sloppy for you. But there's been no word on the NCAA looking at Georgia. But for Tennessee, they got sloppy. And, yes, they were handing out cash in McDonald's bags. Think about how bad Tennessee actually has to be at recruiting. Pretty bad. So, (laughs) pretty bad. One, you have to recruit the players. So, obviously, you're identifying who's good and who's not. Yep. Two, you have the cash in the bag. So, you're bringing said cash to the players that you want to recruit. And I'm sure you're getting most of them because they're getting a lot of cash. Yet they're still a terrible team. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they're not loving it. So somebody painted Tennessee's rock. Apparently, they have a rock um, with "I'm loving it" in a Happy Meal box. And then on uh, Tuesday night, after Florida beat Tennessee in basketball, the Florida Gators men's basketball Twitter account. Posted the picture of the score and, like, you know, a player and all, like, you see nowadays. Yeah. With the saying of, we're loving it. No way. <laughs> no, that's those, awesome. Those are some bitter rivals there. So, that's awesome, uh, dude. Um, Let's see here. I mean, you literally handed out bags of cash. And like, you went three and seven. Yes. There's, you there's, stink. There's bag men. 
but these are literal bagmen. Go and get your money, little duffel bag boy. Go get it. But yours came with a Big Mac and well, a stack. If I was a recruit, I would I would be like, yo, where's the food in this bag? Like, thanks for the money, but where's if I'm I were hungry. a recruit, I'd be wondering why the heck are you giving me uh McDonald's? Maybe they when, like McDonald's. When I go visit almost anywhere else, they take me to some fancy restaurant. Like <laughs> they Wisconsin, steak? when they come here, they go to the um uh, got a rare or water, something? Um, Edgewater. Oh, the Edgewater? Yeah. Oh, they get a nice little fancy meal? Yeah. Pinkies out? Yeah. And on uh, when it's so in, instead the, of them get, when okay, it's in RJ. late spring or summer, they go out, sit on the patio, and have dinner outside. Okay, let me flip it on his head real quick. I know Rowdy's got something to say, but let me flip it on his head real quick. Maybe if Wisconsin didn't take them to the Edgewater, instead they could be handing these recruits a McDonald's bag full of cash because Crazy the cash though, that, the cash that they hand the players Wisconsin's they use at the Edgewater recruiting than Tennessee they use it at the Edgewater Rowdy I mean <laughs> if I'm the AD different, or different money <laughs> or in charge of these Tennessee programs at all this is a fireable offense because not only were you giving the money out you're still you suck. stink <laughs> yeah, at least be good you if still you were going to he was fired and the entire coaching staff was fired it wasn't even like yeah, so they fired you're him take on over Monday the program for a little bit they, like they fired him on Monday like look at some of the other programs in, in college sports that have been caught giving money out like USC with the Reggie Bush yep. guess what they were really good during that time they were or Arizona in college basketball they were making final four and elite eights pretty much every single year mm-hmm. Badger got past them both times but they were they were consistently good but i mean this is so dumb yeah i mean well Muzz how, infamous how on twitch says be this bad where's the money lebowski where's the money lebowski and you even look at uh this is causing phil fulmer to retire who won them a national championship with peyton right. manning uh that just leads me to believe Philip Fulmer knew very well this was going on. Oh, my God. They're like, and dude, what's with all the McDonald's bags around here? Like, you're going to get hit with uh, they stink. lack of institutional control or whatever it is. Yeah. And you're going to have, like, a few years of no uh, no postseason at all. Well, okay. well, wasn't that, like, the same thing under, was it Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss where they had all those recruiting violations? Yeah, but most of his were illegally contacting recruits during the dead period. Oh, that's, yeah, and that's, whatever. But and, uh, yeah, I've... That's f- whatever. Whatever there, but I, I don't remember... Coach Coach Calipari, didn't he have some things at multiple schools that he was at? Memphis and, was it UMass? Academic fraud, yeah. yeah academic, academic fraud. fraud. They, I'm uh, trying to think of more where pe- it was yeah. actually money. Well, I know they Arizona. paid people to change grades. So it, they didn't give money to the kids. They paid people to change grades. <laughs> <laughs> I'm or, trying to think of sports. Funny, somehow... You paid the SAT people to have John Wall's SAT like whatever happened with that? Just Co- Coach Cal. Got... Oh, I thought that was Derrick Rose. He's, he's oh yeah, Derrick Rose. Yeah, that's yeah. Derrick Rose. Whatever happened with that? Did, did anything like happen? Did they Not just to him. Did they just slap the university's wrist? Yeah, Memphis. It was like yeah, one year postseason ban. Man, they should just hang out with uh, Aunt Becky from Full House. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of teams that were. She's actually, out of prison, by the way. Did you see I saw that? that? Actually, caught giving monetary gifts or money. USC and Arizona are two. SMU. And they were good. <laughs> yeah, because they were good. Isn't Sean like Miller, wasn't Sean yep. Miller caught on FBI wiretap like talking about money? Yeah, he still got a job. Yeah, he's still he's still working. Well, that's they also That's why he sweated so much because he knew the yeah. FBI was listening. He's like, oh he's uh, nervous. Uh, oh god, I can't don't but say the wrong thing. Every single one of those teams that we've said were good. They yeah. won three games this year. Dude, Tennessee went sixteen and nineteen in three seasons with uh, Pruitt as head coach. Was that two years ago where they lost back to back to Georgia State and BYU? 
I mean, it could have been. I okay. mean, they haven't been good. They, <laughs> they, they stink. haven't been good since maybe like 15 years ago. Yeah, it's been the last time they were good is well, they weren't even. Uh, it wasn't even real football. It was Coach Doug's for a bar stool. It was led them to the national title. <laughs> that was and that was that was video that was, games. That was, that was last year, yeah. Dude, so all right, so oh, yep, I know yep. I know Rowdy. 2019 season. I know Nelly has said this many times, and it's hilarious. Of when you let the Twitter mob control what you do. So Tennessee was on the coaching search. They had Greg Schiano ready to be hired. Greg Schiano was going to be hired by the Tennessee Volunteers. And then the Twitter mob went full cancel culture, and they, they forced, believe it or not, they let Twitter dictate how they run their university. They, they, do, you, do you remember why? Because of, wasn't it like Penn State stuff or yeah. something? Yeah, because he was an assistant at Penn State yeah. and didn't say anything. Yeah. And yet, in all the deposition, he had no idea, right? He had no idea. So Greg Schiano was going to be the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Well, Twitter it? mob went crazy over the Penn State, even though he didn't know anything. And then they said, you know what, actually, we're not going to hire you. Well, the, the Penn State issue, wasn't it literally like three coaches? It was Joe Paterno, it was Sandusky, and it was... Um, big Red. Yeah, I can't yeah, the big red his guy. name. It I was, forget his name. It's MC. It's an yeah. Irish last name. Yep. McQueary? McQueary. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Those were like the three guys that knew about it and that, that had talked about it. Yep. Everyone else on the staff is like, no idea. what the hell? In, in the depositions. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to be sworn in. They could go to jail if they lie. So there is that. <laughs> but yes, and Greg Schiano has had success pretty much everywhere he's been. So they hired him even at Tennessee. Even Rutgers. Even Rutgers. Yeah, they hired Greg Schiano at Tennessee. The Twitter mob cancels Greg Schiano from having a job with the Tennessee Volunteers. And then the Tennessee, I forget who the next guy was in line. But after the Twitter mob canceled... Greg Schiano from coaching at Tennessee, the next guy up was like going to take the job, and he's like, you know what? Actually, um, no thanks. I'm not going to do this. You literally just let random people online dictate how you run a university and said, I'm not doing this. And then their third hire— The one thing it shows you is Philip Fulmer is a horrible athletic director. Big time. And then then their third third person who they settled on was Jeremy Pruitt, who now went 16 of 19 and was handing McDonald's bags full of money to recruits. Well, I think and you could suck. also say that uh, Fulmer is a pretty overrated coach. Yeah. I know it was I the mean, last time that Tennessee's really had he, much he success. A, he, the only reason he's like a god there, he played there, he coached there, had a uh, he had national championship. Yeah, he had a national championship. Um, he had some uh, pretty good players, but yeah, they what did they ever really accomplish nothing outside of they had like one national championship. They had a few good seasons. They only had one national championship. They had they had like a few good seasons with mm-hmm. them. But other than that, they were never like top dog in the SEC outside of those few seasons. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. So there you go. There's I mean, a Gary Anderson couldn't even screw up Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jeremy Pruitt was fired on Monday. Um, you know they're all denying this, obviously, because that's what you have to do. Even if even if you're dead to rights, you're still gonna deny, 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 um, until oh, yeah. you get denied was, anymore. Uh, Mike Leach and Dave Dorn pulled their name out of consideration after. Yeah, Mike Leach. After that's Greg Schiano was said, yeah, well, no, we're not. Yeah, so two it. guys two pulled guys out. Said no, and then they and went on their fourth. Mike Gundy was offered it too. Really? I don't remember that. I don't all. remember Mike Gundy. Yo, he would have been canceled too for wearing the wrong T-shirt. Now, all right. So six zero eight three two one now. Yeah, that's that, true. That is now. 608-321-1670. Twitter is at Zone Madison. There's different kind of t-shirts. Plus, he kept his job. Yeah, he's wearing a t-shirt. Like, Found was, the error of his ways. It was a freaking t-shirt, dude. Like, uh, I wear different t-shirts when I'm fishing, different t-shirts when I'm mowing the yard, different t-shirts when I'm, you know, out, you know, exercising, and different t-shirts when I'm, like, you know, running to the grocery store. There's different t-shirts for different occasions, okay? Destiny. Fate. Do you believe in it? 
like are the Packers destined to win the Super Bowl this season? Has it been written in the stars? Aaron Rodgers getting a little philosophical about his career. I have comments from uh, number 12 coming up, but first, a guy that I always have loved for the Green Bay Packers could be making a triumphant return to the team. I was surprised that they didn't sign him this year or re-sign him, bring him back. Instead, he went to the, what, Baltimore Ravens? Well, since the Baltimore uh, Ravens, excuse me, have now released, here's the key, they released him. Since the Baltimore Ravens released Tremont Williams, he could be coming back, as we already alluded to before the break, number 38, to the green and gold. In fact, Williams flew into Green Bay on a private jet yesterday, and he is expected to sign with the team if, quote, everything goes right with the necessary testing procedures and setting the stage for the cornerback, the savvy vet, to return for a third stint for the Packers is three times the charm to get him a Super Bowl ring this year, Rowdy. Well, there is one obstacle besides, obviously, signing and passing COVID restrictions. Beating the Buccaneers? Mike Weber, practice squad running back, is currently 38, so he's going to have to get that number oh, two. Oh, no! That's a really good that's a really good observation, Rowdy. Tremont needs that number thirty eight back. Would you guys love the would you guys love to see Tremont back where I mean, let's say he doesn't get thirty eight back. Would you just love to see Tremont wearing some green and gold? Nope. Gotta be thirty eight. If it's not thirty eight, <laughs> it's not thirty eight, I don't want see ya. it. What do you think, Rowdy? Besides about, the thirty eight. How about rocking like a double zero? Ooh, is that allowed? I don't think the NFL's got zero back yet. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anyone rocking that. I think that's just that. on the uh, collegiate just, level. Yeah, that's a little NBA action, too. But, yeah, could you see Tremont Williams? Uh, I mean, I would love it. I'm sure it's a signing you guys that's, would love it. It's a signing that's not going to hurt you. No, I mean, just, it's a guy that's been around forever. He's a great locker room guy by all accounts. Yep. I mean, he knows he's forgotten more than he than half the guys in the secondary know right now. Yeah. And... At the very least, he can come in and play like in the slot where when he was with the Packers last year, played really well, graded out really well when he was in the slot. Indeed. He is, uh, I am a big fan of and Tremont Williams. Are you really upset if Tremont Williams all of a sudden becomes like your fifth corner? Nope, not at all. Not it's, at all. It doesn't make you any worse. And plus, for the third time he'll be back with the Packers, it would make my, I have this giant this giant cup that's a Packers cup. It's, it's got Tremont on it. It would make it relevant again. It would be beautiful. Well, I mean, look at what uh, Brian Gutekunst has already done. He brought in Jared Valdir. Now he tested positive for COVID and hasn't played yet and Man. still might not play this weekend. But that's another guy that's just like Tremont Williams. Yep. He's a veteran presence. He's going to be good in the locker room. And it adds depth to your team. I, I mean, Tremont Williams is the exact same thing, except for he's got more familiarity with the Packers. Yeah, so everyone's like, well, how can the Packers do this? Well, the Baltimore Ravens waived Williams from their active roster on Monday after, you know, getting beat in the divisional round of the playoffs. So this move would normally would made him ineligible for still contending teams as a waiver wire move goes, but in the postseason, uh in the postseason it doesn't process till the Monday after the Super Bowl. Because Williams was not under contract beyond twenty twenty makes him immediately eligible to sign as a free agent. And I wonder if uh, I wonder if Mark Ingram is qualified to be signed too. Well, because, yeah, they released him. If we're signing Ravens. Ooh, or Raisins. I like Raisins. I like Raisins, too. Let's go to the phones. Raisins? Welcome to the show. The yogurt-dipped Raisins? Stop it with the little Raisinets. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? 
Oh, unbelievable. Sorry about well, if it was the raisin. Did the raisinettes offend you? Was it the raisinettes? I'm sorry if it was about the raisinettes. Was it the chocolate covered raisinettes that made you hang up? You literally I switched it to hold. yogurt covered just in case. You were I'm literally sorry. on hold for 30 seconds. Patience is a virtue, my friend. Sorry. You can call back in. I'll get you back on. Maybe uh, it was Tremont Williams and you offended him with the, the chocolate covered raisinettes. I think that was Tremont. <laughs> I think he offended Tremont. I, I assume we'll uh, get a call as soon as I get off air. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that guy. I don't know. I don't know who that is. It's probably, oh, what if it's uh, Bobby? And he doesn't like raisinettes. It could have been Bob. I who mean, knows? we already offended him with mayo. Well, let's see the phone line. Yeah, welcome to the show. Who's this? Nope. Charlie, did you just call in before? Yeah. I, I and you hung it. up? Yeah. Well, you know I what? Oh, man. Revenge, Charlie. I know you like. I know you like yourself the Star Trek. To quote Khan, "Revenge is a dish best served cold." That's why I just hung up on you. Well, not like he's listening. No, he's got a boombox on today. He told me. Oh, all right. So, boys, the Packers. I mean, so the uh, right here they say the Packers would not need to make a corresponding move to add Williams to their 53-man roster because Jared Veldier's spot is still vacant because he was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. So, if the Packers did sign him. Williams, Tremont, would have the opportunity. How about this? <laughs> so remember Jared Valdier played for the Colts, and then he was, was released, and then he was going to play for the Packers. COVID-19 hit. We made that big story, that, uh, or it was a big story, that Jared Valdier could be the first NFL player ever, ever, to play for two different playoff teams in the same year. Now, check this out. If the Packers keep Jared Valdier, who could have been the first player to ever do this, on the reserve list, and the Packers sign Williams, and he plays, it will be Tremont Williams who will become the first NFL player in history to play for two different teams during the postseason. <laughs> Isn't that a mind F? A little bit. It could have been veiled here. COVID hits. Now it could be Tremont. What are the odds of having one team like the Packers have the opportunity for two different guys to be the first player in history to play for two different that, playoff teams? And that could... Because Valdir is still on the roster, right? He is on the reserve COVID nineteen list, so they don't. So they could sign Tremont and have him. Yeah, he Tremont doesn't. Take that spot. He doesn't technically okay. take up a roster spot, but he's with the team. Yeah, that's a mind f. That is a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a mind f right there. Well, it, it gave us one good talking point for a day or two. And if this happens to Tremont Williams, it'll give us another good talking point for a day or two. I hope, God, please sign Tremont. I want the breaking news right now that they <laughs> sign Tremont and then he plays, and we can have that story again. And then Jared Valdir has got to be sitting there like freaking COVID, man. But I mean, to, what could have been to be <laughs> captain? Could have been a contender. <laughs> to be captain, obvious. The odds of the Packers being that team again did increase because they were one of the four teams still playing. True. So, yeah. but also there's this. What if <laughs> the Packers? What if the Packers are like, dude? We already tried this with Valdir. We almost got compromised with COVID nineteen. Do we really try this again with Tremont? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it did. It did give him. It yes, did give him luck. Yes, you do. It did. Yeah, it's like superstition, right? We yeah. got to bring another guy in, try it out, see what happens. Can't wait to see who they bring in for the Super Bowl. All right, we got news. I'm calling it Mark Ingram. <laughs> yeah. I love that he stirs the pot. Likes. I like when people cringe. Big Rogers guy. I love when people cringe, and Robbie makes people cringe. Yeah, huge Rogers guy. Robbie, huge Rogers guy. Uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, you heard the comment there in the Sports Flash, Rowdy. I know you stepped out to get some water. Uh, but okay, so <laughs> Aaron Rodgers definitely this year more open, more honest, more you know more. He's a new man, kind of right uh, with the media, and it's been a breath of fresh air. It's been really nice to see this side of Rodgers. 
It's something usually Rogers will like pre-record his interviews all ahead of time with the media. I'll uh, be very careful with uh, who he interviewed with, yada yada yada. But with him, you know, being more open with the local media here, and then also getting on the Pat McAfee show as well to kind of you know give a, a dive in to inside the mind of number twelve. It's been it's been a great year with Aaron Rodgers and sound clips, right, Rowdy? Like, he's been very open and honest. It's been a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and going 13-3 and in the regular season and obviously going 1-0 and so far in the playoffs. Yeah, not Makes bad. it feel even better, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Aaron Rodgers playing in his fourth NFC Championship game in his last seven years when he takes the field against the Bucks on Sunday. So the opportunity to punch his ticket to his second Super Bowl um, over, you know, very prevalent, uh, prevalent over his career here. And the Packers, you know, and the, the quarterback that is Aaron Rodgers was asked, will this be his last chance at getting to the Super Bowl? Well, Rowdy, after ask, uh, the media asked him this question, here's what the number 12, one of the all-time greatest ever, had to say. I always just try to stay present, especially this year as much as anything, and just enjoy the moments. And, and I hope there's more opportunities, but I don't know. I mean, I really don't. And that's stuff that's out of my control. I mean, my future is a, a beautiful mystery, I think. Present is such a gift to just be able to stay in the moment and to have gratitude for being in a situation again and being with the guys and having fans at our stadium and maybe snow on an NFC Championship game. Now, it was real quick right there, but it's something that Aaron Rodgers said that made me raise an eyebrow future is a, a beautiful mystery i think my future is a, a beautiful mystery i think I mean, my future is a, a beautiful mystery i think quote my future is a beautiful mystery what in the hell does that mean rowdy my future i think he doesn't know when he's gonna retire is a beautiful mystery i mean his contract with the packers ends at age 39 huh? he said that before that, he wanted to play till his mid thirties. Then he moved the goalpost and said forty. <laughs> yeah, but his future is a beautiful mystery. That is an interesting way of saying, you know, looking at your crystal ball and trying to look ahead. My future is a beautiful mystery. I think f- from listening to it, I think it means that uh, he's not exactly sure. Yeah, so- he's not. Definitely, it's a beautiful mystery. It was mid thirties. It was forty, and now I think it's I don't know. Or did Aaron Rodgers, was he watching the uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? It's about the good walk and the hard walk and the young girls who made cry. It's a beautiful. It's about make a little music every day till you die. It's a beautiful ride. It's a beautiful ride. Rowdy, beautiful mystery, beautiful ride. Maybe Rodgers was watching a little Dewey Cox story and uh, misquoted the song. A beautiful mystery, dude. I love. Okay, so if the Packers go on, he wins the MVP and wins the Super Bowl and then retires. Yep. What are you doing as a Packer fan? Crying. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, first I'm crying tears of joy because they won the Super Bowl, and then I'm crying tears of sadness because we no longer have Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback. And you're like, what? Uh, Jordan Love, Tim Boyle, what do we do? Is Deshaun? <laughs> do will you, Deshaun Watson come to Green Bay? Do you think that after it's been announced he won the MVP? He's sitting there with his, you know, post-game interview after winning the Super Bowl trophy, and he's got the Super Bowl trophy and the MVP, and they they are they're talking to him, and he finally goes, and I just like to say I'm retiring from NFL. What I don't I'm, even I'm know. retiring from the Green Bay Packers. I feel like that would dampen everybody's Super Bowl mood. But it, what? <laughs> yeah, you're celebrating the Super Bowl victory, right? And Aaron Rodgers is on the podium, and he'll probably be Super Bowl MVP. 
and they'll be interviewing him. It'll be like Terry Bradshaw up there. It'll be like, Aaron, you just won the league's MVP. You just won the Super Bowl. Now you're crowned the Super Bowl MVP. What's next for you, number 12? Well, I think I've solved my beautiful mystery. Terry, I'm going to retire on top. I'm calling it quits. It's a career. What a ride it's been. And off he walks in the sunset. I'm bawling my eyes out, Rowdy. It's tears of joy and it's tears of sadness. What are you doing? I'm, cry- I'm crying. I'll cry. I'm crying. I'm mad enough to admit it. I'm crying. I'd probably be beside myself. <laughs> would you? Ter- I would be. Would you shed a tear? I feel, I feel like you would be on the highest of highs because of the, the Super Bowl win, and then in about a second, you'd be at the lowest of lows. Going, I know we just won the Super Bowl, but <laughs> the MVP, the most valuable player in the league, Aaron Rodgers, a top five quarterback of all time, a Hall of Famer, just said mm. he's retiring. Mm. He just had statistically one of his best seasons ever. Could you blame him? I'm not saying he's going to do it, but could you blame him? You win the MVP, you win the Super Bowl, and let play along. He's the Super Bowl MVP, and he goes up there, holds up that Lombardi Trophy with the confetti all you know pouring down around him. Matt Lafleur's you know patting him on the back, saying thank you for letting me ride your coattails, Rogers. Mark Murphy's looking like the schlep that he is. You have Brian Gutekunst there winking at people because he's so handsome. And Rodgers is holding that Lombardi trophy. And he looks around and says, this is it. My career, I'm calling it quits. I'm crying. You're, you're probably your jaws on the floor. I don't think you cry. So I, My jaw would be on the floor. You'd probably be I, angry. I, would, I wouldn't be mad. know what to think. I feel like you get mad and just go rage and I like feel like destroy you just your have TV. your hands on your head going, what did I just hear? How would you process it? You know. Uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers... I mean, I, how would you? I don't even know how to process it. That would be so tough. I mean, because now all of a sudden he's been to two Super Bowls. He had two Super Bowl championships. He'd have three MVPs. I feel like, especially with how well he's playing and where the Packers are at, uh, with how they've been winning under Lafleur. Yeah. And some of the guys that look like they're starting to develop into better players or are at that level. Man, I feel like walking away now. It would be. I feel like he could continue to build on that legacy for the next two to three years. Well, that but that legacy, it's, Rowdy? It's his legacy. It's not mine. That legacy, Rowdy, is what? That stuff is out of my control. I mean, my future is a, a beautiful mystery, I think. That is a beautiful mystery right there, my friends. Uh, here's more from Rogers. He says he's just happy to be in the position right now. I'm going to enjoy these moments for sure and just not worry about what happens down the line. I'm thankful for the opportunity again to be leading these guys, to have played the way I want to play, to be called upon for a greater leadership role. Those things are really, really important to me. But all that other stuff, stuff that I'm just not going to focus on. All right, listen to this again. This is the first part. I'm going to enjoy these moments for sure. And- I'm going to enjoy these moments for sure. And just not worry about what happens down the line. And just not worry about what happens down the line. And then in the one previous, he talked about his, you know, the, his, uh, the rest of his career being a beautiful mystery. Okay. All right, here's more from Aaron Rodgers about being thankful. A lot of people didn't think we'd be back here after last season. You know, we got a lot of uh, interesting comments last year about us being the worst 13 and three team that people had seen. Not the same type of comments this year. Obviously, we're clicking a lot better on offense. I'm thankful for the chance to be playing. There were so many unknowns when we started the season, just a Zoom off season. Well, we're going to get to this point. Now we're here and we have fans, so it's pretty exciting to be here. All right, there's nothing there that I was raising an eyebrow at about the you know the future of his career. No, but if he if he did say call it a career, I feel like. I would be disappointed just because he's done playing and you don't get to see it and you saw him go out on one of his best years ever. Yeah. But you couldn't be mad at Aaron Rodgers because it sounds like he's at peace. 
He's at peace oh, with yeah. what he's done and what he accomplished. And now he's, he's not, enjoyed he's, it. He's now, never he's said saying, anything yeah. about he's never said anything about retiring. It's just, you know, you're looking at some of these comments like, okay, this is He knows it's he knows it's different. coming soon. Yeah. Oh, totally. And he said that before. Uh one more I, from Rogers. Yeah. I always go back to did you ever watch the thirty for thirty on Todd Marinovich? It was an ESPN thirty for thirty. What the the, the Robo QB? QB. Yeah. Obviously he's that had dude's a lot life of, he's had a lot of his own issues and in well, his different da- different problems. His dad drove him to like to be just nuts. But one thing that always stuck out to me from that documentary was when they were they had like an interview with him and he was he was like sitting by an ocean and they were talking to him and he always said, "Just because I was good at something doesn't mean I was meant to do that thing, and that doesn't always mean that I love the thing that I'm good at, aka football." And I kind of felt like once you're once there's no more love or you feel like you're accomplished and you've you've done enough and you walk away, you're, if they're okay with it, you should be okay with it because it's their life. Rowdy, can you uh, can you say that quote again? The robo quarterback sitting on the ocean watching the waves crash on the beach. Oh, it was basically uh, just say just say it in a nice calm voice. Just because you're good at something, doesn't mean. You should be doing that something. This guy already messed it up. <laughs> you put Rowdy on, on the spot. He shrivels up. All right, that's okay, though, Rowdy. All right, we have uh, more comments here from Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Once once you've – and I don't know if NFL players or anyone in any walk of life, if they're ever truly happy. You always see that one guy at the in the before time when you could go to a bar. There's always that guy – well, in Dane County, anyways. There's always that one guy in the bar – Who's like still rocking his Letterman's jacket for some reason? Or you, you go next to him, and the first thing out of his mouth is about middle school or high school, and you're like, "Dude, dude, enough! It's time you moved on. That was 20, 30 years ago. It's time to get over it and find what's next in your life." You know, once guys get over that, it's nice. But Rogers and stuff, it feels like he's like over the. It feels like he's just appreciating it, like living in the moment, day by day. Yeah, like some guys like. Obviously, John Elway walked away on top. Yep. Like, he got over it. It's very few and far between. And then you have other guys that are still, like Brett Favre, that (laughs) went back and forth year after year after year. Yep. And it just takes different people different amount of times to get it all out. Some people never get over it, and it gets really annoying. Aaron Rodgers feels like, I feel like he's getting to that point where he's over it. Uh, Speaking of Rodgers, more comments. Is there pressure to win on Sunday? Oh, gee, you think? A lot of times, you know, storylines and pressure and those kind of comments are, you know, good stuff for you guys to write about. But I think it starts with the mentality and the focus. Obviously, I put pressure on myself to perform every single week. Um, And I think there's a lot to be said for being able to harness that pressure uh, and the fear of failure and focus it to, uh, you know, real positive. And that's something you learn over the years. But I don't feel any extra pressure. Yeah, Rodgers, I mean, he always puts the same pressure on himself every single game. But I think... I feel like that's more, you know, that's him kind of just not wanting to give other people bulletin board material. Because you got to think if you're in the NFC Championship game, you're going to punch your ticket to the Super Bowl, you definitely can feel a little extra added pressure. Because our guy Rob Reichel's on. What's up, Rob? What's going on today, brother? How we doing, Evo? Rob, I need a DeLorean. Do you know where a DeLorean with a flux capacitor is? I have to get to Sunday. Well, you got to go back to 85, don't you, if you're doing that? Well, I'm not a Bears fan, Rob. Come on. Yeah, that's a good point. That might be be Nelly, right? Nelly, are you uh, you going back to 85? I'll pass on 85, too. Tell you what, I'd go back to 85 in a heartbeat. Those were good times, boys. Oh, dude. Yeah. You didn't 
you, you, you guys didn't grow up in that era, but that, that was a fun era. Rob, I was born in 88, and then I would say I would, my peak, oh, I've yet, I have not peaked yet, but my, my favorite time I would think would be around like 1999 to about 2006, something in that range. You were born when? 88. Yeah, I, to, to me, you're, whatever your 20s are are going to be your greatest. Yeah, day. I was going to say 14 to 16 for me was probably okay. that three-year What are you born, Rowdy? 94. 94. See, Rob, here's the thing. Every year gets better for me. Like, every year I find better than the last year because it's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset, right? But I will say um, social media is going to rule or uh, probably has already ruined the world, actually. Social media will yeah. be the downfall of man. I would like to go back before social media. Uh, that, that, that would be absolutely wonderful. Right. right. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go there in the blink of an eye when... When we when we did papers with encyclopedias, right? And yeah, if there, if there was libraries for that had a computer, he was the most popular guy in the, in your hall. So I was a big guy those. with the Dewey Decimal System, Rob. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Uh, Those Rob, were wonderful times. You got it, Evo. Rob, it. when we first got the internet, because we lived out in the country, so we had like dial-up modem, you know, MHTC, yep. Mount Horeb Telephone Company, had to come <laughs> drop a line. And uh, my my stepdad at the time, or my stepdad said at the time, he goes, what is this internet thing? And then he was like, he's like, this will be the downfall of society. He goes, I pray for the worm, i.e. some like hacker to shut down the entire internet. I told him he was crazy. I said, no way you got to embrace the internet. And now here we are, and I'm praying for the worm, Rob. That is a man ahead of his time, Evo. I'll, I'll tell you that. He also that's, typed that's... his emails all in capital letters. Good for him. Cap locks never off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rob Reichel joining us right now. Robbie, Sunday, that's why you're here to talk about the Green Bay Packers. I'm looking at um, your... Twitter account at Rob Reichel because we're all you know, uh, you know bought onto the system. As Robbie has a Forbes.com article, one reason the Packers are still alive is many of their highest paid players are having career years. Yeah, you know, I just posted that about an hour ago or something, Evo. It, 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 to, to be a, to be alive in the NFL, you know, when when you sign your high priced guys, you need them to all pan out for the most part. I mean. I, I was actually surprised. I mean, I knew this, but it, it, I think people will find it surprising. Rodgers was only playing this year for about $21 million, at least under the cap. When, when they redid his deal a couple summers ago, and, they, and it was a four-year, $134 you know, million-dollar deal, that, that should be about $33.5 million a season. Well, for some reason, the way they structured it, 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 it wasn't a huge cap hit this year. It's going to be the next two years, which is probably why – you know, he's going to be playing somewhere else by 2022. But this particular year, he only played Evo for $21 million, and he's going to be the MVP of the league. Yeah. I mean, he's an unbelievable deal up there. Uh, Zadarius Smith is certainly living up to his four-year $66 million contract. Devontae Adams is outplaying his contract. Corey Lindsley is outplaying his, his contract. These are guys, Evo, in, in the top ten uh, in terms of, of Packers and, and the salary they make. Um I don't have it in front of me. I'm trying to think who else. You know, Preston Smith, Evo, was the one guy on this, that list um, inside the top ten salary-wise who, um, you know, who has not lived up to his billing in terms of what they're paying him. He's on a four-year $52 million deal, which is $13 million a year. But really, Evo, the, the rest of that top ten is all playing up to it, and I'm going to get into it in another story later in the week. They've got some remarkable deals deeper in the roster, too. Jair Alexander, Aaron Jones, Rashawn Geary, you know, guys that are on rookie deals playing for, for not a whole heck of a lot of money that are easily exceeding their contracts. So 
Um, people sometimes forget about the, the dollars and cents and yeah. the financial side of football. Um, but when you take huge risks on guys and give them top 10 money on your roster, top five money, I mean, they have to be Pro Bowl-level players. Totally. And you, you look around the league, Evo, and you could break down team for team. The average team is, you know, two, three, four guys inside their top 10 that kind of flop on a given year. They're yeah. either injured or they have a down year. That's not the case in Green Bay. All these guys, again, and, and even Preston Smith hasn't been bad, Evo, but he's not $13 million you know, he, he hasn't been worth $13 million this year. Well, Rob, um, um, the reason why I bring this up. The only guy on that list, Evo, the rest the, the, yeah. the, you know, the other nine inside that top ten are, are, are playing up to their contract, and, and that's why the Packers are still kicking here heading into Sunday. Yeah, we're going to talk Sunday here in a moment, uh, you know, talk Buccaneers as they come into Lambeau Field. But first, I did see earlier this week that it was Aaron Jones uh, the, the declined the Packers' contract offer to make him one of the highest-paid running backs because the guaranteed money wasn't there, and then he switched agents to Drew Rosenhaus. Did you see that, Rob? I did, and, you know, this, this, this entire back and forth and, and the eventual switch to Rosenhaus, it, it, it usually leads me to believe that the player's going to go somewhere else, yes. especially when Rosenhaus becomes involved, Evo. And I know that's terrible news for, you know, for, for Packer Nation. Um, it, it, Aaron Jones is smart, though, too. He, he fully gets it and understands that his market value from somebody you know, uh, in, in, these, in these other 31 teams is going to be remarkably high. I'm not sure he's going to get the Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook kind of money uh, Evo, you know, which, which is going to pay him $16, $17 million a year, but he's probably going to be in that $13, $14 million dollar range. Now, now the tricky part about this offseason, Evo, is uh, about half the league. I actually think it's like 17 of the 32 teams, um, as, as we project ahead to, to March, they're gonna, we've got about half the league that's going to be over the cap, Evo. Um, you know, so the money isn't going to quite be there for guys the way it has in the past. And, um, you know, the Packers are obviously one of those teams that are over. They're going to have to make some tough choices and make some cuts. But here's the thing, Evo, and, and we haven't talked about this a whole lot on your show, but, but the Packers have a few different guys on that roster that, that I think are certainly uh, overpaid and making more money than, than they should, that they can kind of clear out of there. The Christian Kirksey's of the world, yeah. um, like we talked about, Preston Smith. And, and if the Packers, Evo, find a way to get themselves let's say by June 1st, about $10, $12, 14000000 million under the cap, there's going to there's gonna be a heck of a lot of really good football players still sitting on the street. <laughs> let's just say the, the Jadavian Clowney kind of players who sat around, a guy like that who sat around this year, uh, you know, before he was signed early into the season. And you're going you're gonna to get those guys for incredible deals because there's a lot of teams, Evo. I mean, the Saints, for example, are $100 million over the cap. Um, wow. And, and there's some other teams that are fighting that are in absolute dreadful salary cap hell as well. Um, so some of these some of these teams are just going to have to cut really good football players, you know, stud starters uh, to get to the cap. It's 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 going to be almost like when free agency started in the '90s, Evo. And I don't know if you're old enough to to remember this, but it, it took a lot of these teams about five to ten years to fully understand how the cap and the system and free agency really worked. And every year in June, you could pick up a couple of really good players, guys that could come in and start for you right away. And, and if the Packers are clever about it, I think they could find themselves in that situation next June. Man, Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. Also follow him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. All right, Robbie, something that uh, 
I asked if you had a line on the DeLorean and a flux capacitor. Sounds like you don't. I won't hold it against you, though, okay, man? But Yeah, where, where, where are you headed with that? Is, is that one of the show topics today? No, I just, we've been saying it all week. It's like last week flew by, you know, for that oh, game going up against Rams. Sure. This week has <laughs> kind of been dragging ass. I don't want to go into the past. I want to go to the future, Rob. I want to go to Sunday. I get you. That's what I want to yeah, do. You, you've had an eight-day wait this time from, yeah. from last Saturday to this Sunday. I'm jonesing it. for a fix, Rob. And it's the only thing that can cure it is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so, the, the Bucks basketball isn't quite going to cure it, is it? Yeah, like Lakers, Bucks tonight. Wisconsin basketball last night, that was kind of nice. But no, Rob, it's like this, this is a scratch that I keep itching, and I need Packers to uh, cure it for me. So, Robbie, Buccaneers coming in, Tom Brady, right? Aaron Rodgers, right? This is huge. In your years of covering, I'll talk excellent those in a second, but in your years of covering Green Bay Packer football, where does this game rank up there with Tom Brady and the Bucks coming to Lambeau? It's in the top two, two or three for sure. I mean, uh, the Super Bowl's probably trumpet, I guess, Evo, because yeah. um, just of the magnitude of the game. But but I, I've told people, Evo, since I've done this, the, the best football game I have ever seen came in 2014. Um, in a right in a right in the regular season, Brady and the Patriots came to Lambeau Field, um, and and Green Bay won that day, Evo, with with your guy Mike McCarthy. Well, duh. Uh, 26-21 that day. It was probably the most beautifully played football game I've ever seen on, on both sides of the ball. The execution, the strategy from the coaches, the, the, the high-level play of both quarterbacks. Devontae Adams had a huge day as a rookie that, that particular afternoon working against the Patriots' third corner. And, and I know I remember after the game, Belichick was remarkably con, um, you know just uh, complimentary to Mike McCarthy. <laughs> and... Um, you know, so so that's the one time we've seen Brady Rogers in Lambeau, uh, Evo, and, and I'll be honest, it's the, it's the best football game I've ever gone to, and um, we, we we could have absolutely you know similar type of situations, and then ramped up come Sunday just due to the magnitude of the football game with with so much on the line. I mean, I know a lot has been talked about this week of of legacy and and who needs this game more and all that kind of stuff. There's there's no question to me, Aaron Rodgers needs this game more. I mean, yes, with, with six Super Bowls. Um, you know, Super Bowl rings and nine trips to the Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady's legacy is set. Well, isn't that a silly question? Isn't it a silly question to begin with, Rob? Who needs it more? It's, it's, it's a remarkably silly it's question. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's like, do you need air to breathe? Do you need yep. air to live? Yes. Yep. I mean, hey, Aaron's got a lot of great stats, this and that, but it still comes down to rings. And I know Devontae Adams said yesterday during a Zoom call with us that, you know, Aaron's, Aaron's the GOAT. He doesn't care about rings. Well, guess what? Most people care about rings. Historians care about rings. Um, you know, the general managers care about rings. Team presidents care about rings. The, the people that look back and, and eventually grade, you know, or, or rank uh, certain positions and obviously rank the quarterbacks, who's the greatest of all time in that. I mean, Rodgers is probably sitting somewhere around number 10, I'd say right now, 10, 12. And he's got a chance to throw himself into the top five by beating Brady and, and then potentially beating a guy like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I mean, this. This takes Aaron Rodgers to a whole other stratosphere if he can if yeah. he can win his next two football games. And um, you know Brady's already there. Um, Rodgers would have to Rodgers would have to win three or four more rings to even get into the talk of, of being a goat with Brady. I mean, just because Brady Brady's already accomplished more than anyone ever has, and probably anybody ever will. But uh, you know, back to your point, Tebow, how big and how important and. You know where does this game rank come Sunday? It's it's I've done this twenty years, and um, this will be I don't know the fourth or fifth NFC Championship game that I've gone to, and um, 
it's uh, it, it kind of trumps all of them, Evo, just just based on that quarterback matchup. Like like I said on Monday when we talked, um, if you go back and trace the history of quarterback matchups in NFC Championship games, not AFC, just NFC, yeah. because in the AFC it's Brady Manning, and I think that that runs <laughs> it's away. It's like Brady every time. <laughs> yep, yep. But here in the NFC, Brady Rogers on paper going into an NFC title game looks like the greatest NFC championship game we'll ever see. Crazy. Rob Reichel joining us right now. All right, Rob, let's break it down then. Give me give me the concerns of the Packers against the Buccaneers, and then we'll get to the positives. What are the concerns for Rob Reichel for oh, the game man. on Sunday? How much time do you have, Evo? Rob, I mean, for you, anything. There, there, <laughs> we might need to go three segments. I mean, hey, If you want to stay at home, there, there, stay there, at home there, we can do that. There, there, there is, a, there is a, a. Hey, we can certainly do it. This, this game is, this game is worth it. But no, there's, there is an absolute ton of concerns. So, well, you know, if, if, if New England, I'm sorry, if, if Tampa Bay is, is healthy uh, with, with the wide receivers, and we've got to see how things play out on Antonio Brown's knee. Um, let, let's start right there. Um, you know, they, there's no doubt the Buccaneers have the edge. I think a Green Bay's got good corners. Don't get me wrong. Um, and Alexander's going to probably go take one of them out. But whoever, and my guess is it's Mike Evans, and Mike Evans has a day where he has two catches for nine yards or something like that. But then if you go Godwin, Brown, you know, Gronkowski, um, Cameron Boyd against the rest of the guys who are going to be in coverage for Green Bay, I give New England a slight edge there. The two running backs, sorry, I keep saying New England because of Brady. Well, it's Brady. It's easy, it's easy to do, Raj. Tampa Bay. I know. I'm, I just I'm, called I'm you Raj. I just called you Raj, so I'm screwing up too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you look at the, you look at the Bucks' two running backs, Jones and Fournette. Uh, Green Bay's got the edge there. I think Green Bay's backs are a little bit better. But in terms of, you know, we, we've talked all year, Evo, about can the Packers stop the run, and that's been the number one question. And for the most part, they've answered it positively. But this duo of running backs coming in is outstanding. Um, and it and it certainly, you know, Jones pushed a thousand yards. Fournette was the fourth pick in the draft. So there there is no. It, 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 I think that was twenty seventeen, Evo. There 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 is no question that this is going to be one of the Packers' greatest challenges when it comes to rush defense. Um, and then, I mean, we could go on and on all day about Brady. The greatest, you know, the greatest winner in the history of the league. Yeah. I mean, Evo, he has, he has 14 fourth-quarter comebacks or game-winning drives in playoff games. There's only two quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League with that many wins, period, in the postseason. <laughs> he's, done it, he's done it on his, you know, he's done it on fourth quarter game-winning drives. I mean, 32 wins in the playoffs, 14th trip to the NFC Championship, to, to conference championship games. You know, we're, we're talking about the greatest winner and the greatest quarterback right. by a mile in the history of the league. So obviously, you know, Brady, he's been in so many of these games. It's an, it's an insane concern. Now let, let's flip it to the other side real quick. It's, it, undoubtedly, it's the best pair of inside linebackers in football. It, it's not even close. You know, White, the uh, the young kid out of LSU, is, is just, he's a tackling machine. He runs a 4-4. I mean, Evo, how many times have you heard of a, an inside linebacker having nine sacks, right? That's, a, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what Devin White has, nine sacks. Um, he's good. You know, the, the guy who lines up next to him, Levante David, is, is almost as good. He's a terrific player himself. You know, he's a 120-tackle guy. And the outside linebackers are outstanding, too. I mean, Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks in 19. You know, the, the, old, the old giant, JPP, um, you know, even though he's missing a digit or two, he, he had 10 sacks this year. So everybody remembers the Dominican Sioux and all those years, you know, uh, that, that he terrorized the Packers when he was with the Lions. He still kind of anchors that front. They might get their nose tackle back in Vita Vea. Evo, who's, who's a pro bowler, he's a top two or three nose in football. Yeah. Even if he can only go 15 or 20 snaps, 
that's a huge upgrade from what they've had there uh, in the past. So, the, so their front seven is really good, Evo. Um, if, if they have a problem, it's, it's probably in the back. Although those guys fly around, they're, they're, they're not a bad secondary, but they rank 21st in the league in pass defense. Now, the, the biggest reason I think that was the case, though, Evo, is they rank number one in rush defense. So the only way people can get to them is through the air. Yeah. And a lot of times that was late in the game where they piled up some nonsense stats. No, top to bottom, Evo, it's a top five defense. It's a top five offense. You know, Green Bay's but got Rob, the number one offense. Rob, Green there's Bay's this, though. The- Rob, Rob, there's this. Do you know the special teams for the Buccaneers are worse than the Packers? Isn't that unbelievable? There's I, that, baby. There's that, I, Robbie. I had to go check my math on that point. <laughs> <laughs> hey Rob, Three, I mean that was times. a lot of negatives right there. Are you know like what bad could happen? Well, uh, a lot of a lot of reasons for concerning, but, well, but then on the side, so. But Rob, real, real quick, yeah. Uh, let me ask: Could you stay on hold and ha- have me hit this commercial break, and we say the positives next, or do you want to get the positives on now? No, like I said, this is NFC Championship game week, Eva. We 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 we, we could talk as much as you want. All I right, Rob, stay on hold. Here's what I'm going to do because I know you just listed a, that was a laundry freaking list, dude, of the bad stuff. <laughs> I don't I don't want that to be the lasting memory. I want I kind of want to reset. It ain't over yet, right, Rob Reichel? Well, it, it, it's not over until Sunday. In about it ain't over, hours. Robbie. It ain't over until that fat lady singing. Rob, when was the first time you're like, can it be Sunday already? Because for me, I think it was about uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it was. It was Monday. I mean, it really was. It was on Monday, and maybe even Sunday night. You know, an hour or two after that, after that Tampa Bay New Orleans game ended. All right, um, Rob. All right, and you, and you knew what was coming. I know. I just, I just. It needs to be Sunday now. All right, Robbie. So that was the <laughs> negatives we just had. You know, last segment there. Now let's do the positives for the Packers. Packers, excuse me. You take your breath, Rob, and you go, go. Well, like I said, I mean, Tampa's obviously stacked. It's, it's a top-five offense to me. It's a top-five defense, regardless of, you know, what some of these statistical categories show. But keep in mind, I mean, Green Bay, for the first time in forever, Evo has a top-ten defense, peaking, right, playing remarkably yep. well. Um, and they have the number-one scoring offense in football. So you, you look back to last week, the Rams brought the number-one defense to Lambeau, and I know they were beat up a little bit by losing Donald and, and – forgot i mean we, we know that's like losing yeah. reggie white it's, yeah. it was a remarkable loss for the most part I, even though he was on the field he wasn't aaron donald um you know and green bay put up the better part of 500 total yards and 200 rushing yards the, the the point is green bay has so much confidence and faith and belief right now in what they're doing offensively to them it doesn't really matter who's on the other side whether that's devin white or levante david or vita bay right or jpp or mm-hmm. you know carlton davis or um Whoever, Nadama Kansu, right? I mean, it, it doesn't matter to the Packers at this point in time. They're going to run their stuff. They're going to run all this motion. They're going to scheme guys open, and they're going to have a, a, a day of big plays. I mean, Green Bay um, has the MVP at quarterback. Do they have the quarterbacking edge on Sunday? I don't know. We'll find out. On, on paper, based on what Brady has done through 43 postseason games, you'd, you'd, you'd tend to give him the nod. But Aaron Rodgers has been a different guy this year. He's he, he should be remarkably motivated in this game. He's, he's an all-time historian, studier of the league. He, he kind of gets where what this means to him and his legacy and, and all that kind of stuff. He, he, he should be remarkably fired up. You know, like One concern would be he hasn't, and we've talked about this on the show, Evo, he has not been very good in NFC Championship games. Um, this will be his fifth try at one. Um, his, his, his overall passer rating is about 78. 
and we know his you know pass rating this this season, for example, Evo was one twenty one. So that's about a forty three point difference. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty big difference, and they they need him to play obviously closer to that one twenty one than the seventy eight. So um, if if he does that, Evo, I, I think they're going to find a way to score a decent amount of points. Um, I like the way they've come along on defense. They're getting pressure. From, from various spots on the field. The secondary has gotten better and better, led, led by Savage. Amos has had a remarkably good year for them. Alexander can take anybody on, out of the game. I mean, top to bottom, Evo, it's, it's, it's two rosters really packed with stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, packed with outstanding, outstanding football players. If we were to rank the top 20 players in this game, we, we'd probably have 10 from each side. I mean, I, I think it's an extremely close matchup. Both teams are loaded. Um, this reminds me of a few times in the 90s, for example, when, when Dallas and San Francisco met for conference championships and both rosters were just absolutely stacked. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, pe- people have missed the boat on this a little bit all year, Evo. People have said Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have that much talent around him, you know, on offense. And, and you look, he's got three pro bowlers on the offensive line. He has, he has the best wide receiver in football. He has a top five running back, and he has a tight end who set the franchise record for touchdowns. I mean, they, yeah, they, they have players everywhere, and yes. now they've got players emerging on defense. So, I mean, Green Bay, there's no shortage of talent in Green Bay, Evo. So when you, when you go through the positives on that, on that side, I think the Packers line up and match up pretty well roster-wise. Again, both are stacked. The X factor, Evo, could be I would take Matt LaFleur in a heartbeat in a coaching matchup over Bruce Arians. My man. Um, I, I love what I love what um, you know Lafleur has done through the course of, of these two years. Think about it, Evo. Two seasons here now. He's twenty eight and seven yep. overall, including the postseason. I mean, that's an eight hundred winning percentage. <laughs> Ab- pretty good. It's, it's absolutely remarkable, right? I mean, it's pretty crazy. good. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not to bad. Say the least. This room is- room for improvement, though. We should bat for one thousand here, okay? Yeah. This this, this is the last hurdle, though. He's obviously <laughs> got to clear. He's you know getting over Arians and. You know, the one thing I've noticed from watching Tampa a few times this year, Evo, and, and it's the difference between Tampa and Green Bay, is, is Tampa lacks some discipline. Um, they, they will get flagged a decent amount. They will well, they they have will get in and fisticuffs, and, and they'll, get, they'll get flagged for stuff after the whistle and, and things like that. They, they're a little bit sloppy. I mean, Green Bay is not sloppy whatsoever. This, this is Lombardi-like execution um, at times on, on both sides of the ball. So, you know, if, if, you, if, if you had to pick a coach in this game, I, I don't... I don't, I don't think it's even close. I go, I go the floor in a heartbeat. All right, Robbie, with that being said, that's a lot of information for us to process, but we're, we're going to do it because, I mean, hell, it's the biggest game in forever, well, I guess since last season, NFC Championship game, even bigger with Brady coming in. What does Rob Reichel think happens Sunday at Lambeau once the game concludes? Well, Evo, I'm going to pick an overtime, first of all. Even I, better. Free football is awesome. I, I think this is going overtime. I mean, that's how close these two teams are. I, I really do. And... And here's here's the deal. Uh oh. With, with and, and you're not gonna like. Be this. easy on me, Rob. Don't when, do this when, to me. When, when when you trace history and 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 trace Tom Brady's don't, track record in these kind of games. Don't do this to me, uh, Reichel. He 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 is just he is absolutely unbelievable um, with the ball in his hand late in the game when it when it comes clutch time. At least up until Sunday, Evo, he's been more clutch than Aaron Rodgers. Now, Rodgers can change that narrative, and he can completely change that story by winning that football game. But I'm a guy who believes in history and following history. I'm going to say 30-27 Tampa in overtime as as Brady leads a a game-winning drive in OT. I'm sorry, Evo. I just died a little inside, Robbie. No! 
evil. Here's the good thing. Rob. What 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 the heck do I know, right? They've got to still go play the football game. So. Yeah, that's true. Robbie, what a, two incredible segments. I just wish you would have picked it differently at the end, but hey, that's your opinion, man, and I never silence anyone's transmission around here. Rob? Hey, hey and I've certainly been wrong my share of the, you know, my a handful of times since you're picking these games too. We'll we'll see, Evo. But again, I do think it's a field goal game late and and whichever quarterback might have the ball last wins the football game. I'm I'm just just based on Brady's history in these kind of games, I'm going to go Tampa by a field goal in OT. Rob, no matter what you say or who you pick, we still love you, brother. And we're still going to follow along at Rob Reichel on Twitter and at Forbes.com, my man. All right, right back at you, buddy. Like, like it should, should be an epic all-time game. I'm sure we'll talk plenty next You'll week. be there, right? You'll be, you'll be in attendance, right? I, I, I will be there. I, like I said, I might, I might go there today, Evo. Camp out. They say they open the press box like four hours early. I might get there like, you know, 64 hours early. Rob, enjoy your time, man, and uh, we'll uh, recap it next week. Okay, brother? All right. Thanks, Evo. I see you, man. There he is, Rob Reichel. 